Welcome to the Unwritten Story Podcast, learning to live a life of courage and one that reflects God's heart on this earth. We're coming together to share stories, insights, and the lives that make up our experiences that shape how we learn, grow, and transform. My name is Lisa Hanash. And my name is Christina Zogstra. In today's episode, we'll be welcoming guests to the show, Maranatha Weeks. She's a nurse who has worked in our hometown, Montreal, and also abroad. She's an author of On the Plains of which is about her experiences as a nurse in war-torn areas. Her hope is for herself and others to broaden their perspectives on the global medical spectrum and to learn how to help from wherever they are as she shares her experiences and the experiences of others. I would love to jump into some of the reasons why you traveled abroad over the time. So what has built that curiosity to go abroad, Maranatha? That's a good question. Well, when I was younger, um, one of the things that inspired me, we had a library in our town that sold books for 10 cents. Um, So my mom and I would go and we'd stock up on a lot of books. I was an avid reader. I love to read. Um, And so that was a great way to learn when I was younger. When I was in about grade nine, I, uh, I really wanted to be an author up until that time. And I went to a presentation in the library that really changed my perspective. So this elderly nurse was there and she put in a VHS, um, one of those old tapes that we don't use anymore. (laughs) Um, And uh, the video was on HIV AIDS in Africa. And I just remember in that moment being so struck about how much I had that I'd never asked for and how much they had or what they had on the screen in which they never never asked for. Um, I didn't ask to be born here into the amazing family I was and have all these opportunities in the West um, and neither did they, you know, ask to be born where they were, they were often lacking opportunities and lacking that medical access. Um, so it was really through that presentation where I was impressed. Um, it wasn't with a strong love of medicine really at that point, but it was a higher purpose. I would say that drove me forward. Um, I really wanted to help people. I remember seeing the words on the screen in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Um, the words of Jesus, Right. And with all this that he's given me, I really felt like I wanted to make a difference with what I'd been given. Wow. That sounds like some seeds that were planted early on really uh, mm-hmm. took some form of root and um, over time felt that you grown to understand that. That's really interesting. How did you feel like you were preparing to go work abroad? Like, what did you do? How did that process unravel? Um, So after I graduated high school, I applied to, um, well, at the same time, I applied to nursing school. I remember being so eager to go overseas that I wanted to skip through as much as possible. And I was constantly looking for um, a presentation in class or something that would hint to maybe something that would prepare me more uh, to go into the field and to work in a developing country. Um, So it was kind of in that time I learned two things as I look back. One is um, I... I did, and and you should prepare as much as you can if you go. And that's also that school is not going to prepare you for overseas. And there's right study um, that I was writing and research that I was doing that nurses are very underprepared to go. So a couple of things I did do, I did a small missions trip that had come up when I was with in nursing school. We went to Haiti and we brought medication with us from an organization that sends over, donates medications. Um, and we hired a doctor in the town and actually set up our own clinic. Um, so that was a good, a very good exposure to have. Um, 
as something that I could be looking forward to. And especially because the cultures are so different. I mean, anywhere you go, cultures are very different. So it's also good to, to learn that. Um, I talked to a lot of people about what I wanted to do and people are great resources for having ideas and giving you um, opportunities. Um, and so one of, uh, somebody told me about a school called the, the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine. Um, and so I, I, I remember graduating nursing school and you were supposed to have two years of experience before you went. Um, but I applied with about five months of nursing experience and they rejected me. And I sent a letter back saying, if you don't let me go to this school, I'm going to go to Uganda anyways. So they let me come. <laughs> uh, I think they realized I, I was pretty dead set on going overseas, whether I got in the school or not. So um, thankfully, <laughs> they let me come into their program and I got a diploma in tropical nursing, which was super informative for what I would uh, eventually be doing. Um, so I did a bit of work in Uganda. I heard about World Medical Mission, which is a part of Samaritan's Purse. And I volunteered in a hospital in Togo for a little bit. And then really when I heard about the disaster relief team, uh, that's, that's what I started doing the most of. So uh, preparation really cannot be understated, but you really, you, the, the best preparation you can have is, is partly being overseas, but is also learning as much as, as you can about it. Hmm. And so how did you grow into your purpose? No, I feel like no baby rocks in the cradle while contemplating their purpose. Nobody thinks about that when they're younger. In fact, one of the beauties I think about being young is it seems that the younger we are, the better we are at simply being and less contemplating mm. uh, what we're doing or the reasons why we're doing things. Um, mm. However, it's, it's as I look back on life that I, I do see purposes being weaved in my own story, even when I wasn't even aware it was there. And sometimes I think having a sense of a greater purpose um, especially when times get difficult is a really motivating propeller to move <clears throat> forward. So if you can look back in your life and see maybe where God has been working purpose in what you've been doing and mm. use different parts of your story to connect to others and, and move you forward, it's really motivating when things get difficult to continue going. Hmm. I like that quote, like no baby rocks in the cradle while contemplating yeah. their purpose. And I think, I feel like as adults, as the older we get, more it's almost pushed on us to be aware constantly of what our purpose is while children live such a carefree life of just allowing things um, to happen to them and, and being content with being like exactly what you said. And I feel like as adults, we can't just be like babies or children because we have responsibility. But at the same time, I think through Christ, we can have an attitude of peace and, mm. and be, be in those moments with peace and joy. Hmm. When, you came back from all those trips like how did were you able to transition um into your next phases of life like was it just you went back or did you yeah how did the life keep going so my last overseas deployment would have been in 2018 so it's been about two years um where i was in bangladesh helping the rohingya refugees um and by the end of that summer i was married um so that obviously put me in a really wow. different phase of life um super quickly and in that phase of life, I did struggle. I mean, it's a phase of life that's continuing even till now um, because my passion was so um, was so much with the work overseas and with using um, my purpose, right, as, as being overseas. So I, I struggled a lot with both those things, with purpose and, and identity, um, being home and, and just learning to be. 
um, and not always asking the purpose, but but looking back and knowing that because God did use me then, He will also use me here and now and shape me as I I move forward. Hmm. It was an extremely hard transition to come out of a life of adrenaline and constant movement um, to being a stepmom actually and a wife. Um, I was a stepmom to a, a three and a half year old. She's now five. Um, so a very different uh, change of pace. But if I'm if I'm spending my days continually asking whether I'm making a difference, I find that's only a distraction. Um, results in the disaster zone are much quicker to come by. You see the direct correlation of what you're doing as opposed to, for example, being being a mother and trying to look at, okay, where are the results in my parenting and what I'm doing? Uh, so I think mm. this is where we need to trust God is working in every season of life and he values one as much as the other. I was reading a book called uh, The Master of One by Jordan Raymer, and he also wrote Called to Create. And he says, ask yourself three questions. And the three questions are, what am I passionate about? What gifts has God given me? And where do I best have the opportunity to glorify God and serve others? And if you put these together um, and to try and find an answer, it will really depend in what season of life you're in. Like, where do you have the best opportunity to glorify God and serve others? And so I, I think in this season of life, um, my difference, a lot of the sphere I'm in is really, it's with my family and now with my children um, and knowing, believing that God is still working in this time. So kind of another thing I wanted to say is I did, um, in talking about purpose, I talked about my love for reading and writing, and I found myself going over my Iraq journals when I came back. And a, a number of people encouraged me to publish them, so I did. And so I found God used that in this very season that he allowed me to actually read 100 reach hundreds more people through both the book and speaking engagements about this story that he was writing um, in my life. Um, so there's a verse that says, man, you know, man plans his path. I had my path all planned out, but God really direct, directed my mm. steps. And he's still weaving that story through my life, even though I'm not in a literal disaster zone. Although sometimes the home can be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. uh, do you have any personal stories of this life transition from traveling abroad um, to becoming a stepmom and wife? I think if you look at even today's day and age with Corona and how the world has changed, I think a lot of people are experiencing that transition of being home. Even a lot of people are homeschooling. There's a lot more, there's less busyness and a lot more home mm. being at home. Right. So do you have any, any personal stories of how, how that transition happened for you or how that I was do. for you? Um, my husband and I had moved to Montreal for one year and we were, um, we were intending on going back to the South Shore closer to his work um, and trying to find a house. Um, so we were, this was in the last summer. We were trying to find a home. Um, he was working, traveling in two hours every day, sometimes three hours for work. Oh. And I was taking care of um, uh, my stepdaughter, you know, every, you know, three days on, three days off. And so I went through a season where I really struggled and I'm struggling, you know, at the same time with my purpose and identity through all this, really wishing that I could be back on the field. Um, mm. And so really struggling to sense, um, <clears throat> sense God's love and care and even maybe his presence um, in my life. And I remember one day just very much struggling with this and struggling as to whether even our prayer for, a, for finding a home together before our deadline of the apartment was up, I was struggling to trust God in this. And um, my stepdaughter had gone down for a nap and she woke up crying and she never wakes up crying. She's, uh, she's very joyful all the time. <laughs> and uh, so I walked in the room and I said, what's wrong? And she said, 
I want marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought this is ridiculous. Like (laughs) this is, this is so trivial. You don't, we don't cry about this. It's a, it's going to be okay. Like, I I mean, how do you comfort somebody who wants marshmallows? I really don't know. (laughs) So, you know, I, she, she kind of went back to bed and I left the room and I was really struck as I left. I, I was more convicted. I was convicted, you know, God sees her and he loves her and he cares about mm-hmm. her. Um, go back in there. So I went back in the room and I sat down and I thought, you know, maybe there's something deeper. I said, do you miss daddy? She said, yes. She said, but I still want marshmallows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I said, okay, you can get up from your nap. But I went to look in the pantry and I said, we only have little marshmallows. I thought, okay, she'll, she'll be happy, right? No, she wants, yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't, she didn't want little marshmallows. <laughs> She's like, no, I want big marshmallows. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is difficult. <laughs> so, you know, we, I kind of transitioned on, I was getting ready for breakfast. It was, uh, or was I getting ready for breakfast or lunch? Um, no, it was the afternoon time. And the next morning, the next morning we were getting ready for breakfast or was that evening? I don't remember. Lisa, do you remember? I think I came in over and I feel like it was a morning. It was a morning. You did come over. In the yeah. morning. Oh, she woke up crying probably from her. It was her, uh, it was when she woke up in the morning. So she woke up in the morning, not from a nap crying for marshmallows. Um, anyway, she, what she didn't know was uh, one of my friends was coming over that morning, Lisa. And so <laughs> in pops Lisa and we have breakfast together Um and we have this really nice breakfast together and Zara's all pleasant. And as Lisa turns to go, she, she almost makes it to the front door. And then she turns around and she says, Hey, I almost forgot something. And she pulls out of her bag, a bag of marshmallows. And she just mm-hmm. said to me, she said, I just felt like I didn't have anything else to bring. And I felt like God really wanted me to bring you these marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> and turn off a big fluffy bag of marshmallows. <laughs> I had no idea at the time. <laughs> And I just, I just remember being so overwhelmed by God's care of detail mm. and the way mm. he cares about the things that mm. I think may be silly to Zara, but how many things are silly for mm. me that he really cares about too. And it was really in that time mm. that I, I truly felt a sense of God's, his hand and mm. his care in the situation and his presence, like sometimes I could feel he was so present on the field and he was answering prayers and I come back home and you kind of forget he's actually just as present there. Um, so I really had a sense that God would come through even in terms of the house, which he definitely did. Um, so that, that was a remarkable story to me in my life that mm-hmm. helped me transition. It's a true mm-hmm. honor to have said that it, <clears throat> only such a small gift would mean so much to, to Zara, you know, at the time. Um, but it, it meant a huge amount to her, um, which is crazy to think even I and you mm-hmm. um, could be a part of her process. And so it's just incredible to see this God's purposes and plans both here and abroad and how present he is in our current circumstances. Um, mm. What would you say to people um, like to just transition over to how they can partner with more this global vision of making a difference and and not just where they are currently, which I think is so important, but also the organizations that you partner with out in the world currently. 
I love that question. I think there's a lot of amazing organizations out there and there's a lot of great work being done here in Quebec um, and also abroad. And no matter where you are in life or whatever season, I believe there's always a way to partner um, and become a part of a bigger difference. Uh, personally, my husband and I, we sponsor children through Compassion and Food for the Hungry. And I also work on the board these days, the board of directors for International Justice Mission. So I'll, I'll briefly talk about three organizations, including some of these, which can serve different needs and maybe you can find a way to contribute. Um, so Compassion is one of the first ones. It's a, a leading child development organization, and they really work through sponsorship. So they take some of the kids from the poorest community, communities around the world, um, and they put them in schools, and they really put them in, in these development programs. So they help them in terms of education all the way up until um, their late teen years. Um, it's a really cool program because you can actually watch your child grow. I write them letters and I get letters back. Mm. And one of my children from Peru just graduated this past month. So she finished the whole program. And I've actually, when I was uh, in Uganda, I met somebody who went through Compassion themselves as a sponsor child and it completely changed their life. Uh, it was just someone I was working in a hospital with and I was really struck. It was, it was after that trip that I thought, you know, I need to sponsor someone. This really does make a difference. Um, so that's one uh, sponsor organization that I really appreciate. And one of the other partners is IJM or International Justice Mission. And it's an international NGO focused on human rights and law enforcement. Um, so as one of our friends was saying earlier, there are actually more slaves today in the world than ever existed, even, even in our own province. And IJM works to free children, men and women that are enslaved all over the world. So whether this is enslaved labor, whether this involves land theft, whether this involves uh, sex slavery as well, they're also mm -hmm. a great organization. And this one can be a help by, by donations, by going to their events and learning more about it. Um, and there's also, there's organizations that work with this right in country. And the last organization and the one I've, I've worked with very recently, obviously, is Samaritan's Purse, which is an evangelical Christian humanitarian organization. And it provides aid to people in physical need as a part of the Christian missionary work. And they have so many different sectors that meet many needs of people, um, both local and abroad. So even with the hurricane that went through recently in the States, they're sending their trucks and supplies to rebuild, to rebuild houses and rebuild buildings that were torn down and um, hand out help to people. And abroad, they do a lot of work. So they have their disaster relief team that goes abroad when even with COVID now, they're working, they worked in Italy um, and they're working in South Sudan now. So I just think that no matter what season of life you're in, there's always a way to make a difference and be a part of a global story. Even if you can't go abroad as a nurse or a construction worker or finance, because there's all these different areas that they need in these organizations, you can also partner mm. with them locally, whether sponsoring a child or just telling people around you about it. Mm. Wow, those are really great organizations that I've heard of, but also knowing more about what they can do. And so, yeah, we're so glad you joined us, uh, Maranatha, as well as our as a guest today. And we're also so glad that you've joined us, listeners, to our podcast. And mm -hmm. so, I really enjoyed hearing um, your perspective, Maranatha, on what work there is to be done also in our own community. I feel like it's so easy to to see the work to be done overseas and it kind of feels overwhelming and so distance where in reality there's so much to do um, right here in our own communities. I totally agree. It's and I think, I think our work needs to start within our communities, mm. with our neighbors, 
And I think our heart can grow from there. And, you know, when we kind of adapt that, we do realize there's so much to do overseas, but not to be overwhelmed with that, to work where God has put you um, and where he grows your heart. That's beautifully mm-hmm. well said. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in connecting with Maranatha, you can find her book or find her on Instagram at Maranatha Dawn, and I'll put that in the link below, as well as her website, www.frontlinesofmosel.com. That again is like for her to purchase her book or get more information about it. So we're glad you joined us in our conversation today where we've chatted with Maranatha Weeks. And we're so, we really hope you enjoyed the discussion as we have. We are challenging ourselves to live a life more authentically by propelling us towards the person God's created us to be. We hope you join us next time. Join us on Facebook and on Spotify at Unwritten Stories Podcast. Thank you.